Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Listeners, a very, very warm welcome to you. And uh, today I'm joined by a lady by the name of Brenda Dempsey. And Brenda's going to be talking to us around the voices of hope. Brenda, a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you very much, Paul. I'm absolutely thrilled and delighted to be here and part of your podcast. And I can't wait for this soul talk to begin. And who knows where it's going to take us. Absolutely. So I think where's well the starting point for where it may take us, Brenda, I think is over to you to uh, to give an insight around your chosen title of Voices of Hope. Yeah, thanks, Paul. So Voices of Hope um, is a book that I'm putting together with 30 women from around the globe. We've got um, women from four continents, from Australia to Africa, India, Europe, and here in the UK. Oh, and the US of A, I've got seven ladies from America. And Voices of Hope is the second book in a, a series, in a trilogy. And the first book being Voices of Courage, because courage is what we need to begin a transformational journey. It's the first step from a low vibrational place into a place that sustains life. And um, if you know Dr. Um, David Hopkins' work, it starts at a vibrational level, which is linked to light at 200. So courage is the first place that we all need to start. But hope, hope um, is that continuation of light. And that's what these stories are. All the ladies in the book, all the women in the book, are women in business. And that is a deliberate um, decision on my part because I know so many women are fed up with the lives that they're living. They want to do something more meaningful with their life. They want to get it on purpose. They want to be doing something that they love. Um, so tapping into their passion. They might not know it yet. But with the Voices of Hope, I deliberately chose women who are in business to show the power of the story, how powerful it is, and how it is shaping them. It's shifting their energy. It's transforming their life. And they're creating a business where they are the light. They're giving permission to other women to, yes, it's okay to look at your story, no matter what that story is, whether you were a child who'd been abused, whether you've had a near-death experience, or whether you have endured some other kind of trauma. Not all the stories um, have such deep trauma attached to them because each story is personal and each story has got its magic. And um, But what each story is, is, it's based on courage, it's based on the strength, but it's the hope, it's the light. And in the world in which we live today, we need a lot of light. And when we've got our own light and our own candle, other people can come and take a light from our candle and it won't diminish the strength of the light. It's an absolute um, basic 
need for sharing, contributing, collaborating, so that we can um, have a immense change in ourselves and the people that we work with and in the world. Wow. <laughs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> powerful, powerful, Brenda. So um, when, when was the first one, Voices of Courage? When was that published, Brenda? Um, it was published in January this year. But if it's okay with you, I'd like to tell you a little story because the storybook has got its own story because uh, I wanted a really good publisher for the book. So I went to a very famous publisher in America and, um, you know, a year later it all imploded and I was left with 32 women who were looking for a book to be launched and published and I was sitting with an absolute just trail of catastrophe and lo and behold I was you know the universe is so serendipitous you know and uh, I met an amazing man Chris Dave from Filament Publishing who rescued my book and um, we spent another three months re um, vibing it and you know just changing the front cover doing a, a few things to it and I had to publish it um, under a new title which was Voices of Courage um, and it, it finally got launched to the world in January this year. So it has its own little story that needed courage to keep going. Um, so I, I think that's quite uh, an amazing little story to attach to a book in itself, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, I love the word that you use there, uh, Brenda, serendipitous, how these things, sometimes they just don't make sense how they unfold, but actually... You know, a contradiction in duality, they make perfect sense if you've got that, that what I call faith. Um, I just want to take you back to Dr. David Hawkins and um, his power force table, if that's the right word, where um, power versus force, the hidden determination of human behavior, as I recall. And around the 200 log, what he calls the, the, the courage, and the log is at 200, and you mentioned the word hope there, um, Brenda, the voices of hope, obviously. And that's that's attached to the level of willingness, isn't it, which is higher up the frequency. Yes, um, it is. Will willingness is higher up. You're right there, Paul. And so therefore hope um, rises. So courage, if you say courage is the first step, hope gives rise to a higher elevated um, vibration in place from which to live your life and actually obviously because the book's called Voices of Hope I have done a little bit more investigation into exactly what hope is and one of the things I get to do um, is ask the co-authors to give me a personal statement on what hope is because hope is so many things to um, uh, different people and you know about a month ago I was asked to go to an event in London um, and it was a hope. It was a, a whole day around hope in this um, black community in London, where they use hope to create change. So I kind of looked a wee bit more into that, and it was just fascinating because hope. One of the meanings of hope is a communication. It's the bringing together of a community to create change, because we can only create so much change individually. But when we come together with like-minded people, energy with a common goal, a common good, a common power, and we are all willing, ready, 
and, and, and ready to put ourselves out there and step outside the comfort zone for the greater good of our community, then hope is the exact word that um, is used in that context. So for me, I now see hope as a community coming together to create change with one voice, and, and which is very powerful for me because I talk about one you, one me, one voice. Then that voice is love, and you know this is speaking from the heart, and love is what makes the world go round. To use a cliche, which mm. is very, very true. It's that love, and and it's the the releasing of judgment. It's it's standing in your own power. It's um, just looking fear in the face, feeling it, and you know again another cliche, just doing it anyway because. We're, Fear will always come up for us, but it's learning what to do when it does pop its head up. You know, and once you can, uh, you have like strategies and tools and un done a whole lot of work around and um, facing fears, then when fear comes up, it doesn't paralyze you. It doesn't um, rip you to the spot. It continues to um, um, give us courage and hope and energy to move forward. Superb, superb, Brenda. So I'm just trying to remember the different levels of the table. I think enlightenment's right at the t is the top it level, is, which is like kind of top, you know. And um, that's like we're totally, we're, we're totally not within our um, humanness. We we are really, um, you know, people talk about Nirvana and all of these other names that it is attached to it, but it's it is about um, it's about walking that path and just trying to be, you know, in everyday terms, it's just be the best you can be. Yeah. You know, think about think about yourself. It's not selfish, but are you being the best that you can be, or are you cheating people out of time and all sorts of things? Because when you're cheating other people, the person that you're hurting most and the person that you're really cheating is yourself because you're not giving yourself the best um, opportunities and possibilities if you're taking all the shortcuts. And one of the things I like to talk about, Paul, is I bring everybody back around to that two and three-year-old, you know, that toddler, that inquisitive child who's curious, who takes risks, who's adventurous, who's loving, who's smiling. And it doesn't matter. They fall down, they get up, they fall off their bikes, they get back on. They, they, they don't give up. They've got a curiosity. It's okay, you know, they're climbing the back of couch. I've got a two-year-old two grandson just now who's driving my daughter crazy because he's climbing everything because he doesn't have the sense of fear. It's not been instilled in him um, to mask who we truly are, these beings of light, these beings of love. You know, we're human beings, we're not human doings. And, you know, it's it's time that we kind of stopped and, you know, and be in the moment and just be. You know, even if we've, we've got um, something negative's going on, something bad happens, you know, just accept those feelings at the time. You don't need to put a judgment on them. But, of course, we, we're humans and we live in different cultures, different societies, and, and we attach We've got to attach labels to everything. Yeah. But these labels, actually, it's like putting us in a straitjacket. 
Yeah, absolutely. So working down the levels, I'm 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 teasing a little bit here, I suppose, Brenda, because I'm I kind of want to get out of you what the uh, the third book the tr- of the trilogy is going to be, <laughs> even though. <laughs> So I'm um, I'm just I mean there's some good learning in this as well for the uh, for the listeners that may not be totally aware of uh, Dr Hawkins's work. So as you've said, you know we we we've come in at courage at two hundred, um, which is the first step in in life support and everything else below that where most people live is life suppressing. So for example, just before courage, we have things like pride. We have fear, which is like vibrating at a hundred. But if you, if if you even couple that with the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know one of the most crippling um, uh, emotions that we have is shame and guilt. Yeah, that's at the very lowest vibrational level. And to bring in, um, if we look at people who commit suicide. People who are committing suicide, and it's very topical right now in the news, as as you know, and particularly in America, um, just now, um, guilt and shame. That's where you know these dark um, thoughts come from, and you know, God forbid, and you know, the people think they've not got a way out, so they're so. Uh, enveloped in their guilt and the shame that they think the only way out is by taking their own life sadly but the ripple effect of that act um actually amplifies what their negativity is because we all have to live with that ripple Mm. so just going back um, and a very nice and subtle attempt there brenda to push me off the ball with my question (laughs) (laughs) Was so, oh, that a politician? Sorry, let's get back to you. <laughs> so, let, as as a good uh, interviewer would, do, as a proverbial Robin Day would do, let me ask. Let me reframe the question, Brenda. So, Thank you. is is book three going to be called "The Voices of Peace, the Voices of Joy, or the Verses of Love"? Mm. I'm 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 loving you. Um... You know, you're you're right into these levels of consciousness as well. That will actually, um, actually, it was going to be the voice of women. Um, wow! But I am open because on this journey, you know, I'm I'm a very flexible person, and even although I have some of these ideas, I am very open to what the universe. And wants of me because I'm the servant. I'm just the vessel that allows these mm. things to take place to create the change. Um, so therefore, you know, given that we, I, I just love the map of consciousness and and uh, David Hawkins' work. That it might actually be um, more fitting to look at that. You know, and peace would be up there because peace just. Um, is the level below enlightenment um, at a vibrational level of 600, you know? Mm. So it's very high indeed, so it's very aspirational. Um, If we look at leaders in the world, you know, being a leader of someone who is is wanting to create change that creates peace, and we all need peace, you know, um, without a shadow of a doubt, that peace... um, could very well be, and we're and, and we're doing it live here on your podcast. That maybe I might change it to um, 
the voices of peace. And actually, the first two books have been women. I'm very conscious that I need to be inclusive and and have a more harmonious approach. And so I am definitely thinking of um, um, inviting men to tell their stories as amazing, heart-led, soul-centered um, uh, change makers. You've just stole me thunder there, Brenda, because, oh, sorry. <laughs> because the next uh, question, well, not question, but the next thing I was going to kind of prod and poke was, Obviously, this very, very insightful and amazing, energetic work that you do, Brenda. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mesmerised, honestly, just listening to this because I love this kind of stuff. But I'm thinking, you know, that's great. But where's those guys in this package? Yeah, well, guys are in this package very much. So, you know, so as well as being an author, I'm a speaker and a coach. And, you know, I work with men. I don't necessarily market to men, although I've been thinking a lot about that. And I've been, you know, I meditate a lot on what you want me to do next, you know. Mm. Um, I, I, I believe, as I say, I'm a servant. And I believe in, you know, sometimes you just get these messages and you've got to take the inspired action. Although I call it aligned action. Um, I prefer the phrase aligned action rather than inspired action. Aligned for me is even more powerful and mm. it's more connected to our higher state of consciousness. Um, and it's learning to listen to that. So, of course, meditation's the best place with the stillness and the calming of the mind and slowing everything down to receive messages. Um, and, and men have been featuring a lot recently. I've been talking about... Um, a book with men in it. Um, I did think about it about six months ago, um, but it kind of got, it, it's just on a back burner. It's not like forgotten about, but it's on a bit of a back burner at the moment. But I think it's it's very, very important because I'm very much about in, inclusion, diversity, all of that, you know, it's mm. the world we live in, the richness of the culture and what that can bring to um, each of our lives uh, when we open our minds to it. Um, that it's so important that um, men have their voice because I think men are changing. You know, if you look at, you know, in the last 50, 60, 100 years, even 50 to 100 years, um, and you look at business, business is changing. You know, it, it's a slow process, but it is changing. I'm meeting more and more men like yourself who um, it's not all coming from a mindset place. It's not all ego. It's a fusion of heart, mind, and soul. That's what I speak about. And they are opening up to a, a softer, more feminine energy. They're acknowledging the feminine energy because we're all masculine and feminine. Yeah. And this is why, as well, women get burnout because they go too much into the masculine. They forget that uh, there are women and they need their feminine energy. But mm -hmm. equally, it happens with men. And we just need to look at some of the leaders in the world. And we can see they're at the far end of being in an egotistical masculine energy and need to soften. And I'm not going to mention any names, but I'm sure a few people have come to mind, you know. Um, and, uh, and so therefore for me, when we can be balanced, I don't like that word because that's like a flat line and we're dead then, but I like, about, I like the word harmony. So when we live um, in harmony within ourselves and with, uh, you know, the infinite, um, yin and yang of the masculine and feminine energies, you know, because sometimes we need more masculine energy, sometimes we need more feminine energy. So it's knowing how to flow within that, you know, so you can make 
um, better choices and better decisions. So the more men are tapping into this, the the more it's it's just I, I just find it fascinating, and I find men really really powerful then when they are connected to who they really are, both in the masculine and in the feminine energy. Yeah, absolute music to my ears, Brenda. If I can just be allowed to to share a sort of little insight on that from a personal point of view. Um, for many, many years, because of my condition, I lived in a very, what some would term, an alpha male existence, energy, call it what you will, and I did. But I always felt, Brenda, within that, and this has been, and I'm talking decades here, not just a sort of quick flash in the pan, that I was living a lie. I knew I was living a lie, and I had nowhere near the insightful experiences that I've had in later life through, you know, through, through researching and, um, and and being involved with some of the world's top practitioners. So um, within that, what I've learned to do is drop the mask. Yeah. And, you know, you know, that uh, conditioning around big boys don't cry. Yes. Um, and all that kind of stereotypical rubbish. You know, for me, I'll say that the real big boys do cry and they'll cry openly. And I don't mean in a kind of, you know, in a way that they're uh, the risk of sounding sort of judgmental or putting labels on this, you know, weak around what whatever weak is as a label, but in a way that, you know, it's a natural release of energy. And I, for one, and I can only take ownership of my own story. And that's all it is, Brenda, a story because um, I'm not attached to that any anymore. It was a stepping stone in, in who I am and what I am. Um, but part of that is to say, well, okay, do you know what, world? You see this big boy here, he does cry, you know. because And if you cut him, surprise, surprise, he bleeds. It's called you being a human being. And do you know what? That's absolutely okay. In fact, to go back to Dr. Hawkins on the life view of peace, it's actually perfect. And I think there's so much conditioning and, you know, you alluded to it earlier on, Brenda, let's put him in that pigeonhole, let's put her in that box, let's, you know, and that's nothing more really than the smokescreen to hide our own our own vulnerability and our own insecurity. And that's why I love what Brenya Brown says when she, when she alludes to our vulnerability is our strength and is our power. And it's absolutely right, you know, because I think if we're prepared to go out there and say, Okay, do you know what, world? This is me, and I've already took ownership and made, you know, made that statement on this, Brenda, about my vulnerability, my uh, insecurity, the fact that you know I will cry, I will allow myself to cry, but what the world might sometimes mistakenly perceive as weak. Okay, so am I weak if I make this statement then that I'm still happy to put a ten pair of ten ounce gloves on and go in the ring and fight? Does that make me strong then? I think not. And it's yeah. this whole kind of duality that exists within our world of actually oneness because we are what we are from our level of awareness in any one given moment in time. So I just wanted to share that really, Brenda, because I thought it kind of added a bit of weight to this kind of old, it's okay for girls to cry, but boys can't kind of ridiculous conditioning. Yeah, I know. And I, I do think things are changing. And, you know, just to add to that, you know, I'm a mother of four children grown up. They're all grown up now and they've got their own children. And um, I've got to say, I've always been the person that I am today. 
But I lived, um, I wasn't awakened. I lived um, uh, in total darkness, unaware of all the power and all and all of who I am and the connectedness and all the stuff that we're talking about now. Mm. But actually, um, it was leaking out of me because I've always been a person who's loved very deeply and very passionately. I've, and I've always... Um, um, I don't want to use the underdog, that's not quite the right word today, but I've always supported people who were not so awakened or maybe less fortunate or whatever way you want to describe it. But my son, I've got two sons and they are amazing um, young men, if you don't mind me saying. Now, my son has been, he lives in Dubai, but he's been here for the last three weeks without his wife because she's got to work and he's a school teacher, so he's got long holidays. And um, he, the things he was doing with his children, who are two daughters, was tremendous. He, 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 he just, what? But he is not afraid to cry. He cries openly with these two girls. Mm. So they are seen an amazing role model yeah. of not the the big macho man. The man will do this, but of a, of someone who loves, who's caring, and who knows the power. Uh, and it's okay to have the tears for whatever reason. You, do you know what I mean? Mm. And, you know, so I've come to this point in my life and I think I didn't teach my kids that openly, but by being who I was and living the, my life in the way I did, and I was a single parent, and maybe I actually coined a phrase the other day, I don't know, maybe somebody else is using it, but I said, he's a mothering father. He's not afraid to be a father and a mother mm. at the same time. And he knows when to step into the the energy of a mothering parent, you know. So he's a mothering father. And I thought I thought that is really beautiful and powerful. And I think that needs to get out into the world as well. Yeah, and absolutely. And I love that phrase as well because, you know, yeah, again, Brenda, that reinforces. And, and, and I kind of witnessed myself saying this so much just recently around this you know, this oneness, this unity, call it what you will, that is made up of this duality. And you've given a fantastic example there of your son being in that duality, yet paradoxically being in that unity of I'm a loving parent. Whether I'm a mother, yeah. whether I'm a father in a male body yeah. is kind of irrelevant. All you need to know, children, is you are loved and you are treasured. Now oh, you grow. That's so beautiful, Paul. You know, that's kind of I'm, I'm tingling all over, and I think I've actually got a tear in my eye myself at the moment. It's so beautiful, so beautiful, and that is the the message that we want to get to the world. You know, it's all right. It's all right to be vulnerable. It's all right to cry, but we're love. Just let's open it. And I know you've got something that you said because you said it to me in a conversation when we were talking about doing this um, podcast. And I think that's very powerful. I'm sure um, maybe you've said it before on there, but I, I think that's very fitting um, what you told me about love, um, if you remember. I think the thing is, Brenda, obviously when we have a conversation, you see, this is a great sort of point it's as to, well. It's to, to interrupt you. I know I shouldn't really do that. But um, it was to do with um, it, tough people, um, and and them recognizing that they, they they know what love is, but they don't tap into it, you know, with the mother. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I must admit, Brenda. I mean, when when I think when you live in the moment, literally, you live in the moment, and you know what was said then 
and yeah. and that's a great example i think of okay because if i was able to pull that back or whatever that was that kind of actually contradicts living in the moment i mean i can't even remember the context of i i can i can vouch for it, one it thing so, it was so impactful for me that that's why i remember it because it touched me so deeply right um, i mean if you can remember it Brenda, by all means, because, you know, this is brings in nicely a word called authenticity, because whatever I personally say in the moment, whether I can remember it the next day or not, is kind of irrelevant, because I'll say to people, if I've said something to you, whether you liked it, didn't like it, agreed, disagreed, you, you, you quote me on it, because that would have come from my heart, whatever it was. The fact that I can't particularly remember what X, Y, or Z was, but if you can remember it, you know, then please, Brenda, quote me on it, bring it out now, and and share yeah, it. I'll just touch on it. I mean, you can say it more eloquently than me, but I think we were just talking about love and things, and from the heart, and and mm. you were saying about you know, like you'd been talking about your past and mm. how you know sort of these tough guys and in inverted commas, yeah. and and when you work with them, you say think of one person that you love and you usually yes. get them to think about their mother or, or yes. a close, um, family member and um <laughs> i've got you now yeah and then they say yeah yeah i know what that is but they cannot transfer that to anything else they only feel it in that for that one person and i think we use the mother as the example and a bit but then you make them realize that they know what that feeling is and yeah. that they have a power within them to to live with that feeling if they choose. Yeah, I've I've got I've got a great reminder, Brenda. I'm on your thread now. Um, I think if I'm uh, hearing you correctly, what I referred to is that the kiss in the mirror scenario. Um, I don't quite remember that, but I just remember that part of the story. See, I also channel and live in the moment, and I don't always remember what I say. Myself. Mm, yeah, um, <laughs> and that's I, been authentic. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 I, I resonate with what you've said there, and, and usually in a practical sense. Um, and if I can be allowed to sort of play devil's advocate, flirt with a a stereotype a little bit. Um, and a label, if you will, it's around the alpha male guy being in denial about that, that softer feminine side that, you know, and yes. I'll say this, this, that more powerful side, because when I take ownership, Brenda, of the, the power within me, I know where that energy comes from. And it comes from the matriarchs that have been in my life. Yeah. And I'm very unequivocal about that. Um, yeah. Very, you know, somebody quite eye up in personal development challenged me on that. And, and I said, you can challenge me all day long because I speak from an experiential point of view, you know, to quote Chopra as being a spiritual being, having a human experience. And you can put the yes. label on it and you can judge it. But I'm going to make this statement. I'm going to put it out there. And I do do the power that I have emotionally comes from the beautiful matriarchs that have been in my world from my grandmother, from my mother. And, you know, the amazing women that have been in my life on a personal level, either as a girlfriend or as a, I've only been married once, uh, my ex-wife. But, you know, th those profound, deeply profound experiences on an, e on an emotional level, when my world was falling apart with addiction, with violence, with, uh, with you know, depression and all, all the stuff that, you know, we hear about and the suicide attempt and, and, and all that kind of stuff. 
but that gentle but massively powerful force to quote uh, Dr. Hawkins around, yeah, that matriarchal love as I call it. So I love what you've said. But one of the things that I do, Brenda, to, to try and encourage that, you know, that, that ego-driven masculine energy uh, to challenge it and say, well, actually, the duality of what about embracing the four men, for, you know, the the more feminine energy is to say, mm-hmm. actually, guys, kiss the mirror, look in the mirror, and tell that guy how much you love him, how much you care for him, how much you forgive him, and you mentioned shame and guilt and all those kind of things and fear earlier on from yet again from Hawkins. Do you know, tell him none of that really matters and give that guy in the mirror a kiss and say, do you know what, mate? You ain't a bad lad. Because I'll tell you what, Brenda, that's something I do when I'm you, you in my moments of being really vulnerable, really insecure um, and really human. And those days as a human being actually do happen. Mm. So that, that's absolutely, I'm quite choked here, actually. Um, that's powerful because... You know, as I say, I, I, I do work more with more women than I do men at this point in, in my life. But, um, and I know for some women that that's challenging. But equally, I do know women are getting better and better and better at mirror work, Louise Hay. But actually, I found something the other day that precedes Louise Hay all around mirror work. I just can't remember the name of the person at the moment. But um, I thought, wow, that's before Louise Hay. Louise Hayes time and it was something that I'd gathered for myself from my own you know to help to help me uh, understand part of my own journey but um you know I think to be able for a man to be able to and I don't know what this is bringing up from my subconscious about me but for a man to be able to stand and look in the mirror and say I love you and kiss that mirror oh my god there wouldn't be a dry eye in that auditorium whoever that man is that stands and tells that story because that to me that is total being vulnerable standing in your power and in your humanity absolutely and and giving rise to the being and the spirit that's within you oh my that is very powerful and thank you for sharing that that is just so blessed to be part of this conversation it, it has been a fascinating conversation, Brenda, and from a personal point of view, I mean, I certainly want to have more conversations with you because I love your alignment. I love where you're at with you, you, just your views on things and, your, and, and not just from an intellectual level, way beyond that, because intellectualism, I think, is like skin beauty. It's, it's superficial. But going beyond that, that deep heart-centered you know, speaking from the heart, if you will, and and that's come through loud and clear. And I think, you know, for, you know, from my own point of view, Brenda, I'd like personally like to capture more of that with you, and and I'd and I'd like to fin- uh, sort of come towards an end, Brenda, by asking you one big question, one big mm-hmm. question, as I do with all guests, right at the end, and it's this: if you had just one, only one, powerful message to leave to the world, you can call it a legacy, you can call it what you will, but one message to leave to the world, what would that be, Brenda? No, that's a fu- that's that's quite, um, not funny, haha, but, you know, the question that you're asking is, you know, it's, it's so powerful and, you know, I believe it should trip off my tongue, but sometimes things get in the way and I'm thinking, 
what is my one message to the world? Um, I suppose for me, it, at this point in time, coming from my heart and trying to get out my head right now, is that, you know, the message is just, you know, be who you are because you're beautiful in the light of the energy that is within your very being. And that light allows you to live as a free spirit, love deeply and share that amongst other people so that you may just touch them and create the spark that creates the change in them. And I believe that is one of the that is the reason why we are here on this planet to walk this path and become uh, walk into the fullest um vibration of who we are um on that path to enlightenment wow absolutely absolutely how can people brenda if they want to find out more about who you are the work you do the amazing work you do undoubtedly how how can people get in touch with you so people can get in touch with me um, on um, www.brendademsey.co.uk um, and they will find me all over social media. So you, you find me on Facebook as Brenda Dempsey, the Spirited Leader. Um, and um, my email address is hello at brendademsey.co.uk. So any of those... Um, Yes, please do get in touch. I love connecting with other people. I love these conversations and I love to see where the journey and the path will take us. Superb. Absolutely superb. Listen, Brenda, it's been truly a pleasure and, and that doesn't even sort of begin to talk or encapsulate the emotion that I felt in this. I mean, it's only been, you know, sort of just over half an hour or whatever it's been on the actual podcast conversation, but you know, for me, there's already a deeper alignment here. So, but I just want to thank you for taking the time and and, and being part of this amazing, uh, and sharing these amazing insights. So with, with true gratitude, Brenda, thank you. Thank you very much. And that gratitude and appreciation is returned right at you. Thank you very much. And also listeners, as ever to you, because without you guys uh, listening to this, you know, what is the point? Okay, there is a point because myself and Brenda could have fantastic conversations. Fine, that's great. That's that's more than great, actually. But the whole point, obviously, is for you, the listeners, to hopefully gain little insights here and there. And, and you know, when we talk about, uh, quite ironic that it's kind of brought us back uh, around voices of hope, um, that we hope that you've got something out of this. And I leave you, as I always do, with this, this final thought, that no matter what you do in life, always walk your path with heart. Hearts, helping everyone achieve results towards success.